it's Caitlin and Sophie, and we finished The Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. And so we're going to talk about really the whole book, you know, mostly the second half, but the whole book. And that was from page 128 to the end. So I wanted to start with talking about this idea that I feel like the book kept kind of circling back to and evolving around. And that was the this idea of like, are clones tools or people? And it seemed like everyone had different opinions and Evelyn's thoughts on it seemed to change back and forth. And I was wondering what you thought, like by the end of the book, what, how do you think Evelyn saw these clones as tools or people or something else? I feel like her relationship with Martine was different than how she still saw other clones. I think she started to kind of question herself and her work, but I do still think that she like saw Martine as an exception to it all. It did seem like she saw Martine differently, probably partly because she saw so much of herself in her and because she saw her almost like being better than the other clones by evolving, which she at first hated because she was like, that means my research was bad. But I think then she almost came to be like, oh, wow, my research is this good. That these people, these people can evolve. <laughs> totally, totally. And But I think that she just like more and more was seeing how like clones can be useful, but then also cause all of this uh, gray area of really like, how, what their role is in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I and I also feel like making the new Nathan really messed her up of like when they had that conversation when Nathan came to her and is like, Martine died, can you help me with the baby? And he said, she was said something like, you know, can't you just make another wife for yourself? And he was like, I can't just replace Martine. And she said, but you replaced me. And like, she allowed herself to be hurt by him, even though she knew. And she was talking, you know, she was thinking about this as it was happening. Like, wait a second. Why did I just get hurt by him? Like, he's not the husband who hurt me. But I do think it really made her realize that he is more than a tool. And the fact that she wouldn't kill him. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. But then weird thing because if he's more than a tool and Nathan basically made Martine out of her is Martine her or mm-hmm. like how much did Nathan change you know that you can start spiraling in all those ways like I think naturally she had to think of Nathan as the original Nathan because she didn't alter him really that's true and she was trying to kind of pull off this stunt of like this is the regular Nathan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think she had a right to feel hurt when he said that. Because it, it it almost was him because they made him so yeah. And I think similar. it was good. I think it was good that she felt hurt. That was, yeah, I feel like him hurting her was almost hard for me to understand. Like how, how could they really have made him the same and like have the same kind of emotional I think for yeah it was it was he was like a more impressive clone in some ways because he was so exactly the same person whereas Martine Mm -hmm. is kind of her own person and so in that way yeah maybe was 
less. Well, actually, this is good timing for this quote that I, um, that I marked in the book. It's a little bit long, but it's basically like describing why she chose not to change him. And I thought it was really interesting of like kind of her dialogue here of in the end, what she came to realize. So do you mind if I read it? Yeah, read it. Um, Okay. So here's. So Martine and I stared at him for a long time. There was nothing to be said. No reason to say it. I knew what she was thinking, and I'm sure she knew what I was thinking too. This was Nathan. I would be lying if I pretended that I never attempted to change him. I had complete control over the person he was going to become. And I could have built this Nathan differently. I could have tried to turn him into something I could spend a life with. Someone who had a little more courage, who paid more attention to detail. Someone who would keep up with me and who wasn't threatened when he couldn't. I could have made him into someone who still um, loved me or who could love me again. And then when he was finished, I could have made him a public display of taking him back, repairing our marriage, reconciling. I could have given myself a brilliant, docile, grateful man who who no one would question my relationship to. But that person I would have made, he wouldn't have been Nathan. Anyone who met him would have known that something was wrong. It was always in his essential nature to fall just short of what I wanted him to be. I could finally see that. He was never going to be good enough. The original Nathan was born to be a disappointment to me at every turn, all the way down to his marrow. I couldn't extract that from him, not without making him someone entirely new, someone I could have never fallen in love with in the first place. So I did it. What did you think when you read that section? I I mean, I I was proud of her for realizing that. I think I liked her better in the second half of the book. And one of the reasons was because of that. And she was just kind of expressing more vulnerability in all those ways. I mean, it's really honest. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how flawed Nathan was. And this was before she found out more about him and kind of what he was doing with the book. Right. I do think, yeah, in the first half of the book, I always had these questions of like, was Nathan really so bad? Um, But then for me seeing with clarity the way he, like they had that big fight with the fried eggs and then he started like really sneakily being like, oh, I'm so interested in your work because I love you. But it was for this, you know, evil behind the scenes reason. Then it made me be like, wow, maybe he really is as bad as she said he was. Um, But there is this part of me that feels like even though she didn't choose to change that, Nathan, that I kind of wonder, like, if this thought had occurred to her that she could have made a new and better husband, part of me feels like she would have done it. I feel like it had to have occurred to her, though. I mean, maybe, but at the same time, her priority was hiding the murder. So she couldn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, she, it's always so surprising how many times in the book she has like no foresight for being so smart. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that she didn't think about what they're going to do with him. I know. After I know. like, I feel like the story yeah. has some things that are like implausible, but they're not, they don't like ruin the story for me. Like they kind of a little bit bother me of like, come on this, you're missing something. Like, it's hard for me to believe that no one noticed this whole time that like he was gone. Um, I know totally, totally. but like, you kind of need that to happen for the story to work. Um, and I feel the same way with like, how in the world did she not think about 
Like they, cause they had to program him. They had to program him to be like, this is my wife. This is where I live. My wife is pregnant. Like said he wasn't surprised when he saw Martine and she was really pregnant. Um, yeah, but then, okay. If they, if Mart, if, if Evelyn had been thinking about that ahead of time, what do you think she would have chosen to do about that question of like, what do we do with him in the real world? Who's his wife? Where does he go? Well, I mean, kind of like she said in this quote, like, I think if she had altered him, she said like someone I could never have fallen in love with in the first place. Like, I think at, I hope at that point she would have realized like she couldn't have loved him because it wasn't him. Um, but at the same time to put on an act, maybe she could have, and she could have fixed those things that she didn't like about him. Um, I don't know, because I don't know if she's someone who like really in the end wanted to be with Nathan or wanted a partner. I think the smarter thing to do would have been to program him to be the same person, except to forget about his whole side cloning his wife business and just to think he's divorced from Evelyn and, you know, to stick him in Martine's house by himself, have Martine move out with the baby and with Evelyn. Um, and to me, that would have, I feel like, given Evelyn what she wanted, given uh, Martine what she wanted. Um, but do you think yeah. that had happened when Nathan had repeated his behavior? Like, do you mm. think he still would have tried to make clones of Evelyn? Yeah. Yeah, could I guess. You, it, could you program that out of him unless you, like, somehow manipulated, like, his thought process to being like, I'm in this constant happy marriage. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Probably the fact that she, Evelyn, kept saying, like, if we did change him, someone would eventually notice, like, if they took out any parts of any of those parts of him, he might not be recognizable as the old Nathan. Yeah. 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 Well, and that, I feel like that makes me think about, you know, this whole idea of, they had this question of like this new Nathan, does he know that he killed 12 previous clones? Um, yeah. It's such an I interesting feel like, question. I feel like he has to, like that kind of memory is like, that memory and that like quality of the being able to do that to me seems like but, it has to be in your DNA. And he's, he must've been like kind of just as evil as the original Nathan in that way. Does a DNA pass along those memories or secrets? Like, because they, they were the ones cloning him, they were manipulating his memories. If they didn't know about it, mm-hmm. it pass on. Yeah, I think it would like the way that the way that you hear about, you know, trauma is literally in people's DNA oh, passed over multiple generations. I feel like that'd be the kind of thing where it's it's maybe not a memory they implanted, but it's like in his DNA somewhere. So did you consider him a murderer for murdering clones? Um. So, yeah, I think especially, 
by the time he got to the last, you know, at least the last one who seemed to be physically totally, you know, fully made and everything. And that he, you know, he had to murder her by like holding a plastic bag over her face. I feel like he was a murderer and I think they should have killed him. I think they should have 100% killed the Nathan clone, done the whole kill switch thing, make it look like natural causes. And I think that would have been like a totally ethical decision to make. <laughs> Do you think that Evelyn's a murderer for killing the clones that didn't weren't viable for her? I don't really see hers as the same because for her, they were so much more like this is a science experiment. Um, but I think that's how Nathan saw it. Yeah. No, I see how it's like totally a gray area and it doesn't really make sense why I see them differently. I struggled with that. And I think Evelyn struggled with that too, where Martine was like so upset by what she saw. Mm-hmm. And then like as Evelyn saw more and more and more because she saw herself in those pe- in those clones, she was like, this person's malicious. Mm-hmm. But I kind of was like, know a little bit detached from the idea that they were people so it's kind of like well that one failed of course he's going to make a new one yeah it's hard that you don't know we don't know the story of like did he kill them in the lab or did he take them home live with them for a couple weeks and then kill them yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah well i also consider nathan a murderer because he was very close to murdering Martine, who was pregnant with his baby, and he was planning on trying to murder Evelyn. Totally. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. And like you said, like, I'm surprised we didn't think about that for the first half. I agree. I thought the same thing of like, duh, of course that, because I kept thinking like, how's he going to pull this off being married to someone who looks just like his wife? Um, and I'm kind of surprised Evelyn hadn't thought about it either. Well, I think it's another example of her just like kind of being in her own little world. Yeah. Just super focused on like the problem at hand. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. But I still like, it's crazy to me that no one ever met Martine. He was able to get away with that. He was able to get away with like making all of these clones. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of world are they in? Do they not have friends? Do they not? You know, it's like so bizarre. Yeah, that was a part to me that seemed so implausible that they would have absolutely no friends and absolutely no close family. But then I started thinking, like, you know what? That might be kind of how a lot of people are living. Maybe not quite as extreme, where like you could go missing for you know two months and no one would notice. But like, that might just be this really depressing fact of life that some people live these super isolated lives where they go to work and then when they come home they just like don't really interact with other people Mm. Mm -hmm. that's very true but i mean working with nathan must have known that you know it's not like he doesn't work he he works by himself all the time you know i I don't know yeah it Those didn't like missing pieces in the book where you're just like, this doesn't all compute. Yeah, that was probably the biggest kind of hole. Like he worked at a university, right? You know, he had lots of people around him. Yeah, 
found that really interesting. Um, definitely a life that I don't envy at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terms of just like how isolated they were from reality, really. Mm-hmm. kind of interesting okay i want to talk about when evelyn and martine had that fight about the baby and they're in the car and evelyn's like why do you want the baby and martina's like because i just do like can't i just or martina's like yeah can't i just want something and like i really do want this and it's not just because i'm programmed that way and evelyn's like no you want this because you're programmed to want it um And it made me think about how I feel such a common, uh, I have such a common thought process to Evelyn in this situation where when people do things that I don't understand or agree with, I I don't like admitting this, but I can find myself being like, that's not what they really want. It's just because they're kind of like brainwashed by society. Like they think they should want that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, um, what were some of the things I, you know, like, uh, like, a, uh, a harmless one is like fashion trends. Like, you know, you can see teenage girls wearing something and be like, they don't really think that looks cool. They just like are brainwashed to thinking that they want that look. Um, or I'll find myself doing it. And this is something I'm really working on, like, because I know logically it's not true. I'll find myself doing it with stay at home moms where, because that's not a choice I want to make. I will find myself being like, I don't think other people really want that. They just like think they want that because that's what society like tells you you mm-hmm. should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, it's not like a fair thought that I have, but it, cause at first I was like disgusted by Evelyn, you know, just being so hurtful to Martine. And then I was like, oh, actually I see how it's it, when you don't understand something and Evelyn doesn't understand wanting a child, it's easy to be like just kind of belittle the other person's choice. Do you think she doesn't understand or do you think in part of her like wanted it, but she has like so far removed herself from it that she, I guess like almost blames the programming for having that feeling. You know what I mean? Or you mean that Evelyn blames the programming Evelyn blames the programming because maybe like deep down she wants a child, but she's just convinced herself that she's not, that's not for her. And so for her to justify why someone would want a child is because of her programming. Wait, but do you mean Martine? Sorry, I'm confused because Evelyn's not programmed. No, 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 I mean, I mean, Evelyn. I guess how am I, I'm trying to explain this. I guess like in a uh, like twisted way, Evelyn may in her heart of hearts have wanted a child, but for her, like never made a space for it in her life. Mm-hmm. But for her to justify why someone would want a child that bad, she can't understand at this point. She's just blocked that emotion from mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. So the way she justifies why Martine wants one isn't because emotionally Martine wants one. It's because emotionally or Martine doesn't have that emotion. She's just been programmed. Yeah, no, I could totally see that, that. Yeah. Evelyn 
can't understand that. I think both can't understand that and potentially has some feelings of like personal failure or regret of not getting that herself because maybe she feels like, oh, if, if I was just this like nice, easygoing person, I would have had a baby and then my husband would have loved me. Mm-hmm. And, but then I also, with the whole programming idea, can you blame someone for necessarily being programmed that way? Like, I don't know, even just the simple thing of being raised to think about having a family. That's kind of like how you were raised. That's mm-hmm. we're programmed for that. Yeah. Um, in our day-to-day lives or to go to you know, having the privilege, but also the expectation to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like those are things that we've, you know, more subconsciously been programmed to expect and do. Totally. And those are things that like, yeah, college, that's a great example. I would have told you, you know, without fail when I was 18, like, no, I want to go to college. But like, of course, that wasn't a want that just like organically grew in me. Um, Right. Totally. Yeah. And then it begs the question, like, but if even if you're even if you're quote like brainwashed into it and you want it in the end, like, is that want valid? Um, Is it still like genuine? Uh, And I feel like, yeah, kind pretty much. Yes. Um, at least for, you know, choices that like don't harm people. But I also think that's also like that example is a fine example of like early in your life, you might be more programmed and more influenced, but as you get older, you are able to think more critically and for yourself. And so mm-hmm. those things that you've learned, you're less influenced by it. I hope. <laughs> I know. So, so we're hoping about ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way, you can't necessarily blame, but I mean, your example of just kind of putting not judgment, but justification for people's actions. I mean, I think that uh, people probably very subconsciously do that, and some people probably aren't aware of it. I, I think it's hard to make that switch. Yeah, it's hard to separate where something's coming from. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been able to, like, when you recognize that thought? What do you do? I don't think in the moment. I think it only comes with reflection. Okay, what about when Nate or... um. Evelyn and Martine are talking about they're about to wake up the new Nathan and they're like, did you love him? And they both say, yes, I did love him when it was, you know, good. But then Martine says at the end, I really hated him. And I feel like I never got a good answer as to like, it seemed like their marriage was kind of all peachy up until the moment he tried to stab her and she stabbed him instead. Like, I feel like we maybe got some glimpses that like, I don't know. It seemed like she was totally happy and it was only in hindsight that she looks back and is like, wow, he kind of, you know, uh, sheltered me from a lot of things. And, you know, you know, her realizing she's a clone. Um, But did you get a sense of like why Martine would have hated Nathan at the end? That's a good question. I feel like he or she was starting to realize 
I think she was starting to think more for herself as things progressed. So maybe there weren't details in the book, but I think she was kind of starting to realize his flaws and also their flaw, like her lifestyle flaws that she couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. But I agree that I don't know if she realized that until he had died. I'm not sure. And I forget, did she find out she was a clone when Nathan was still alive? Yeah, she must have because she yeah, met Evelyn think, before yeah. she killed yeah. him. Yeah, and then I think Evelyn like was and and when when they when they met, wasn't it like we didn't think it was possible that I could get pregnant? Mm-hmm. But here it is, you know. Yeah, how did she find out she was a clone? I don't know. Yeah, now I'm forgetting. I don't know if that was really a detail. Or maybe Nathan had, I think Nathan must have told her. He must have, because who else would have told her? Yeah. Do you think that if they had known about the 12 murdered or like 12 failed clones, whatever you want to call them, murdered women, failed clones, do you think then they would have programmed Nathan differently or like reconsidered that whole plan? I think so. I would, I would you? think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, like, how stupid that he buried all of them in his backyard again with the hiding the murder thing. <laughs> I know. Again, with the, that was another implausible fact. I'm like, whose backyard is just a bunch of dirt? <laughs> like, I know. like recently tilled looking dirt, not like so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely think they would have programmed him differently, but it would have been interesting to see like, you know, what part of him would they have changed that would have prevented that? Right. Yeah. I think overall that was kind of this like kind of plot line hole of they would have had to go find out about his research to program him. And, like, they never went into his work files, and yet they were able to program him to be, like, the same person. Um, so, to me, that didn't really add up. hmm hmm And, but, it, yeah, just the deeper question in that of, like, you know, trying to fix someone's flaws. Those are layered flaws for a reason. You mm-hmm. know, can you remove one attribute of someone and still and have them totally change? Yeah. Or would they repeat that behavior? And and would they be recognizable as the same person? Like probably yeah. not. Yeah. But I mean, you look at Martine. I think she's an example of Evelyn in a way, but who's more empathetic? Yeah. But would in the real world would she have passed? If people actually knew Evelyn, would she have passed for Evelyn? Yeah. I mean, well, actually, that was a whole flaw in Nathan's plan of like he didn't make Martine to be seemingly as smart as Evelyn and like I guess his plan was for her to pretend that she just like resigned presumably he was he was going to have her like not continue her research actually so never mind that's not really a plot hole because he was he wouldn't have needed her to be as smart because he would just say oh she just gave up her research to be a mom and my wife yeah 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 I wish there was more with Syed I kind of I wanted to know more about him and his time with Nathan and I, I wish there had been kind of a part of the book that was like okay they sent Syed to to Nathan's lab and he like 
kind of found stuff out. And I was just really sad that it, that there was no reconciling because I feel Mm -hmm. like there was an opportunity for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or I think we had discussed this in the first conversation, like could Syed have done something different with all the research if he was working with both parties, you know, like he could have taken advantage of the situation in a different way. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to become more evil. (laughs) Yeah. But he seemed like, he seemed like the one kind of totally good guy, kind of a little bit stupid. And it was so silly to me the way he felt like he owed Nathan. I'm like, this is just a weird dynamic that you've got with this like husband and wife duo. But, but overall, I feel like he was like a holy good guy. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, and you know, he was dependent on both Nathan and Evelyn for things too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was kind of there, you know, but they depended on him too. Yeah. He was an interesting character and in the end he didn't really, develop yeah i guess probably for him he also talked about nathan paid him so much money he probably needed that money um and he also you know i think he kind of opened up evelyn's eyes a little bit they had that one conversation about she was like this feels different from the other clones and he's like no it's always been people that we've been making like it's never been tools it's been people you haven't seen it that way, but like, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's so true. Yeah. So maybe his perspective was a little healthier than Evelyn and Nathan's. Like Nathan mm-hmm. saw it as a, a way to, you know, produce something he wanted. And Evelyn saw it as a tool, both selfish. And he had a healthier perspective on that. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. think though, that I don't think Evelyn totally moved to the viewpoint of these are people i feel like well actually i feel like the whole last like 15 pages of the book could have been read in like one of two tones like and i i i kind of i read the whole second half i mean you know, i read it first in earnest and i kind of like skimmed it again and i feel like one way of reading it to me was this very happy like you know Martine's with her baby. Evelyn's doing her research. Evelyn and Martine are like a team and they're advancing their research and they're working together. And Evelyn is teaching Martine things at her father's desk. Um, And then, or I feel like you could have read it with this more kind of dark tone of like, Evelyn is still controlling Martine. Like she got them, she got the baby and used that as a bargaining chip to like get Martine to like rely on her and have to be her research little like mouse. Um, And she is now being this, like she's now being her father and like making someone sit behind a desk to get answers from them and being so like important like that. Um, And I really struggled to decide which way I saw it. I think I more your second point. Yeah. Especially because she's back in the house. She's back in the mm-hmm. house with all these negative memories. You know, she had those quotes about her um, her parents' relationship and how things relate, how they related to like wanting to put on this persona that everything was fine and perfect. And she was the example of like them creating something great, but really mm-hmm. it was all flawed. And I think she's just kind of repeating that pattern and a more 
technological way, but I, I completely think that she's manipulating Martine in the situation. Yeah. And there were, cause there were so many moments. I feel like before that last little sec chapter where, you know, we're seeing Martine and Evelyn in their country life. I feel like Evelyn and Martine really were becoming this team and like, they really loved mm-hmm. each other. And then it just feel like it got, yeah, it kind of became a little more transactional and like, and I was also just like, what is this life you're living? Like, do you guys go out in public? Are you going to make friends? Like, and, and why most did of Nathan all, agree to that? Weird. And what are they going to do when this kid is old enough to be like, yeah, when I go to mom's house, there's two yeah. moms. <laughs> like, this is why and they should have killed him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah, that was, I was, I was, well, and even the last quote is like, um, what does Evelyn say? I wrote it down. The more I think about it, the more I'm sure that there's no reason at all why things should ever have to change. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Is she still so delusional that she does not see the future? (laughs) I was disappointed in the ending. I thought it like, if anything, I feel like Violet and Martine should have just like somehow they kill. Yeah, I think probably killing Nathan would have been a better solution. So that way Violet and Martine could be together. Mm -hmm. But so silly. Do you think that Martine could have taken Violet and like, you know, moved across the country and like lived a normal life on her own? Or do you think she would always need someone who like knows that she's a clone to help her do stuff? I think she would have figured it out. I think it's almost people take advantage of her because she's a clone. And Mm. so they have her do things. But if she, maybe if people didn't know that, she could have maybe thought more for herself. What do you think? That's a really, yeah, that's a really interesting point of potentially the people who know she's a clone keep her down. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but I think you're right. Yeah, because at first I was worried of like, I don't know, would she... You know, just the way that she didn't know to, like, go to the doctor when she was pregnant. Um, You know, I'd worry that she wouldn't know essential things like that. But seemingly, you just kind of have to show her the Internet once and then she she should be good to go. (laughs) Right. And she, like, it showed how she learned all, you know, everything about raising a baby through these books that she absorbed. Mm Mm-hmm. And she, I, I thought it was really interesting when she brought up the point of, I don't have parents, so I don't know how to do this. And it made me think like, wow, that maybe that's such a strength of hers that she has no trauma. She has no like judgments of herself, like what makes a good or a bad mom. So where do her memories start? I think they start with like Nathan, like being born to Nathan's. So then how were Nathan's memories to kind of track back because she wasn't exactly Evelyn? Nathan kind of erased that from her? Yeah, I don't know if we ever, if they ever really kind of covered that of like. No. they I think I got the impression that she basically had no, yeah, like no formative memories or like no fake childhood that she thought about. Which you would think that as they were developing the clone, they would do that because 
I feel like if you don't have that, who are you? You know, those are so such formative years. And how would he have pulled off her being Evelyn if she had no memories? Yeah. 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 Well, actually, I this is something I caught the second time reading is when <laughs> Evelyn had said to her, like, wait, do you know how to read? <laughs> and she said, yes, it was one of the first things Nathan taught me. And when I read it the first time, I think I had read it like, of course, Nathan programmed me to read. But I was like, oh, my God, Nathan literally taught this adult person to read. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I guess I didn't realize that either. But still, it's just kind of funny how like she was programmed to like come out dumb and kind of non-functioning where they were able to program him to be exactly like who he was. Hmm. Yeah. I think Evelyn would have said, oh, that's Nathan's sloppy programming that he. Right, right, right. Just kind of was like, Didn't oh, that's not important. Foresight. Yeah. Have the foresight. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Huh. What did you think overall of the book? I think I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, yeah. At the beginning, I had told you I was kind of bothered by like how suspenseful it all was. Um but then once I got into it and I feel like it really picked up in action the second half, I liked that kind of, even though there are these kind of like plot holes, I just like the exciting page turner, like thriller mystery part of it. Um, and the like, it's almost like a brain teaser when those, when, you know, when like another discovery comes out, like pow, Syed helped Nathan make Martine, you know surprise there were 12 other people buried in the yard um yeah so I do want to it's definitely been outside of my normal type of book but now I'm curious to read her other actually or their other I looked up Sarah Gailey has tons like many books probably like a dozen or something um and so I'm curious to now look up others yeah yeah I uh like I don't think I would have chosen to read it mm-hmm. so I was surprised how much I liked it based on that um and I think talking to you about it kind of makes it's fun because you kind of think of things in different layers more so than you would just kind of reading it and then putting it down you know like kind of mm-hmm. you you more consciously are like oh I should ask that question or oh that you know I'm gonna highlight that part versus if you're kind of reading on your own you may think that sometimes, but you don't always do it. So I, I enjoyed that process of it all. Um, and it's just kind of an interesting, <laughs> an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Normally when I read a book by myself, I'm like kind of just going through as fast as I can. And I like having a reason to slow down. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, it definitely added another layer to the book, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And just like hearing, you know, after talking from the first half, hearing your perspective on things, it's not like my perspective changed. I think I just noticed different things than I would have noticed if I was just reading it on my own. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel the same way with hearing your experience of the book. Yeah. I have to ask, did you read the acknowledgments? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So I've gotten into reading acknowledgments from books and I'm so glad because Sophie, these acknowledgments are, I'm going to read some of it. It's like two pages, so I won't read the whole thing, but I'll just read it. Traditionally, this section of the book is a place for expressions of gratitude. This book, I think, needs something different from gratitude. 
It needs acknowledgments in the truest sense of the word. There are things that need to be accounted for. As I look at the book I've written, I feel that it would be dishonest not to recognize those who brought it into the world. To say thank you to some of the people here would be wholly inadequate. Inadequate. To say thank you to some of them would be wholly fraudulent. Here are the people without whom this book would not be possible. The adult man who groomed and abused me in my teens and early 20s, who put his fingers onto the still warm plastic of my brain and gripped tight as he could, who shaped me into someone who understood harm to be a form of love. Those who encouraged him, covered for him, protected him, and benefited from his actions. Those who helped me escape when the time came. Those who stuck with me and those who could not. The therapist who told me that I could have a self. And it goes on and on like this of like people who have so seriously hurt and, you know, traumatized them as well as people who've, you know, been so important in their life. And I was just like, wow, this, I've never seen any kind of acknowledgement like this. Hmm. Yeah. But even just that little blurb shows you, you know, the symbolism behind some of those characters. Definitely. Yeah. It made me really look at, you know, her father's character uh, a lot differently. And Nathan. And Nathan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I got to start reading those on acknowledgments as well. Good. Good for them for putting that out there of just, you know, the honesty behind the book and just yeah. hardship. Yeah. Huh. That actually, wow. I think, um, Another question, uh, last question, probably for me. What did you think about her mom killing the father? And like, do you think that was an ethical or okay decision? A hundred percent. Yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> I know. I did too. And then I have these like weird feelings of like, God, does this make me like, does this make me a murderer that I was like, but I kind of had this feeling of like, that was at least the way it's presented in the story. Like that was her only choice. There was no, okay, I'm just going to pack up my daughter and we're going to leave and move across the country. Like, you know, seemingly it wasn't a time when that was allowed Mm -hmm. or like they didn't have the financial means or something. Um, But yeah, I was kind of like, wow, mom, like that's freaking brave and bold thing to do to just be like, I'm taking this, you know, my and my daughter's lives into our own hand, my own hands. But it was kind of interesting how after that, Evelyn and her mom's relationship didn't really exist. You wonder mm-hmm. with the author if they had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I really, I was really struck by when Evelyn later is realizing, I think, I think she called it like, it felt like a hole that like this the secret she had once it had all passed and, you know, she was kind of on the other side of it and she knew that Nathan had died and they made this clone and she felt like she had this secret that she could never tell anyone. And then she felt like because of it, she, no one could ever know her. And she, that's when she was like, you know, she said, I had no distractions, but I was like more depressed than ever. Um, and she kind of compared that to like, oh, now I'm realizing that maybe, the reason my mom couldn't have a relationship with me is because I was just this constant reminder of this mm. horrible thing. Um, mm-hmm. It made me understand a little bit more of like what might have happened for the mom mentally after that. Mm-hmm. 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 
that's true. That's very true. Um, but in a way, it's a shame because the mom did that to protect Evelyn, and then in the end, it prevented the both of them from having a good relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really sad that oh, she killed her husband, and now she doesn't even have a daughter, basically. Yeah. Either. Yeah. 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 But maybe, like you were saying, seeing her daughter reminds her of the trauma. Well, actually, now I'm also remembering Evelyn kind of might lay too much of that blame on her mom for their separation because she, Evelyn, started talking about how her mom, I think when Evelyn said, you know, I want to be a researcher or whatever, and that Evelyn's mom was like, oh, you like dad? And she was like, I'm nothing like him. And then Evelyn had this quote about like, at that point, I realized that I had to just like totally hide myself because I never wanted my mom to see a part of mm. my dad in me. And so she yeah. I seem like, feels like totally withdrew as a person. Right, right, right. Yeah, for sure. And then maybe just distance herself from her mom for the accusation too. <laughs> and I feel like that kind of helped me see more of why Evelyn is the way she is as an adult. Like she's constantly just trying to hide parts of herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then at the end of the freaking book, she ends up behind her dad's desk. And I'm like, what are you doing there? <laughs> Didn't learn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it all comes from full circle in a way. But then you wonder with Martine, with not having influence from youth, what she could ever be like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clones are complicated. <laughs> And you wonder, never. I hope they never exist. I hope heart transplants. I hope they can make fake hearts and fake lungs, and that would be great. But you don't need fake people. (laughs) It does sound too complicated because then it even begs the question of like their baby. Like, does their baby have the same, you know, physical, like, I don't know if abilities is the word, but like, are they a human? If they're half clone, oh god, no, like they can't be. Ah, they're, they're a labradoodle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, listen up. I want you to be on this podcast, like really your voice on this podcast. I want to hear what you think about the books we read, the music we talk about, all of it. If you sign up for my newsletter, you can find out ahead of time what books, music, or other topics we'll be discussing on upcoming episodes. And then you can either submit audio messages that I can play on the podcast, or I might actually bring you on as a co-host for a full episode. Hearing from you makes this so much more fun for me. So please wiggle out of your little shell and take the first step by signing up for my newsletter at DontTalkToMePod.com. Oh, and you know that thing they all say about, please leave me a review? It would be really cool if you did that, so give it a thought. Thanks. Talk to you next week.